everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking again about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 4, The Ice Storm. I'm Mary Kukowski, and today I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, who is definitely not a cannibal, Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing this evening? Is that the same one you said last time? I can't remember. Yes, it is. I'm using my same notes. Okay. I love that you have a script, and you stick to it, and you don't let anything get in the way of that, but I think that we need to come up with like an actual name for this series now that we're we're going back to so many episodes we've got so many special guests like I think we need a new name for it so I I feel like we could leave that to the our our like three fans on Twitter can can give us some suggestions for that yeah it's I've been kind of thinking of it as like the Riverdale spoiler series I don't know if there's a better name it's the thing where we take podcasters who are generally much better than us spoil them by making them watch a completely random episode of Riverdale we try to choose a crazy one and then bringing them on to just talk about it and everything else that's going on so for that we have our wonderful guest from the rhap reality tv challenge wrap up hello everyone welcome back to riverdale recap (laughs) podcast for season four episode seven i'm your host mary kukowski and i'm here as always with my co-host kirsten mckinnis and our guest ali lasher ali lasher how are you <laughs> oh, that was so lovely. I feel like I'm home. Um, I'm I'm great. I love the impression. Anytime we could bash on Brian when he's not here is my favorite time of the year. I'm it's I'm really excited to be here. And I was trying to think of names where you're talking like River Fail. That doesn't really work, but I, I'm excited to be here because there's no the, the only my only familiarity with Riverdale was your guys's great appearance on Renap. And otherwise, I have no idea about Riverdale except for this episode that I watched and I hope to never watch it again. So hopefully you guys can answer all of my questions today. I'm really excited to get some answers. See, I feel like this is this is great because I feel like when Josh watched an episode, he suddenly was like, Riverdale's good. I want to watch all of it. And Mike Bloom was like, I could get into this. And Allie has like the only rational response, which is, what are we doing here? I never want to do this again. Yeah, this is perfect. So here's my, I want to just, my first, first impression when I began the show was like this is an extremely watchable quality like it's 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 very high production value I mean I don't know anything about production value but it felt like very <laughs> do you disagree is it trash no I just no, love, I, think it's good. I don't know anything about production value but this was good I feel like uh if you enjoy like the visual appearance of it then um, that means it's good production value yeah, I mean it's not like a, a soap opera quality or anything like that it definitely is very stylized you know, I haven't watched a scripted series that wasn't like a sitcom on Netflix like The Office in so long that I think I just like forgot what watching like, is this a drama? What, what like watching a show is like? The, the reason that I say I won't return to Riverdale is because I am a baby and like the like dun 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 like really scares me and it's like not, I couldn't watch this at night alone and that's why I think I would not return to Riverdale. Not because it was like insane, which it was, but I just like, I was curious about what else happens. I could see myself reading like spoilers about all four seasons, but I just couldn't watch the show because I'm a baby. Wait, so you can't watch Riverdale because Riverdale's too scary? Everything is scary to me. Honestly, I respect that take. And don't worry, you don't have to look up spoilers because we will spoil everything for you. Incredible. I'm really excited about that. I was hoping you'd say that. I'm I'm waiting for the day when someone breaks our podcast, watches an episode, and then comes on and says, look, we can talk about it, but I don't want to be spoiled because I want to go back and 
and watch the whole show. I mean, I like we present this as we will spoil you on this. So I feel like if that were to happen, we'd be like, never mind you. Like, you're not welcome on the podcast. Like, that's why I haven't asked like Brian Scally to come on because spoilers are just against his morals and beliefs. So he would never participate in this series. And that's fine. He'll he'll catch up one day. It's it's fine. Allie, I actually have a question for you about everything scaring you. Please. Have you ever watched the movie The Craft? No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. So I have I have one friend that I like to mercilessly mock because she said The Craft was scary and then I watched it and was like, I don't I don't understand. So I was just wondering like on a scale of 1 to my friend Colleen like where you were at. So I guess it's even even lower than her because you wouldn't even watch The Craft. The other thing with this episode of Riverdale, I don't know where things are going. I know there's like a serpent king or gargoyle king. I know there's gangs. I I, I see in the preview or whatever that people have been killed. I, I just don't know how it's going to go. So like if I rewatch this episode, I would be fine and not scared. But it's like because this is my first entree into the series, I don't know that it's not going to become like a rabbit with an axe is going to viciously beat the main character and he's going to be dead. <laughs> You know, you're not that far off, actually. Yeah, that that rabbit mask is really scary. And it does actually come back um, later in this season where Jughead is wearing the rabbit mask. And we we don't really find out why. But that's the (laughs) night that the the prep school kids actually try to murder Jughead. And he fakes his own death for a couple of episodes. Oh, well, that's a good idea, actually. He should fake his own death and get the hell out of Riverdale or wherever. Like, So he's in prep school. I, for some reason, thought he was, like, in college. He's at... Stonewall, Stonewall Prep, of course, which is a uh, fancy private school, as you can tell by that smug asshole Brett. He got into this school because he wrote a short story for a writing competition. Now, he didn't win the competition, but one of the judges loved his story so much that they gave him a full scholarship to attend this private school. Oh. The private school that appears to have about five students at it at all times. <laughs> We don't really meet anyone else. So, yeah, before we dive into the whole episode and Stonewall High and bunny masks and all that, Allie, you have not watched Riverdale. Are you familiar at all with Archie Comics or anything that this is based off of? Yeah, so it's funny. when I mean, I'm not going to claim to be like an Archie Comics expert, but I like when I would go to the grocery store with my mom, I would sometimes convince her to buy me one of like the small but thick Archie comic books. I don't think those are like original Archie comic books. Oh, yeah. They're like like, very thick. Digest. Ones. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And I love them because they felt a little salacious, right? It was like, ooh, here are these like hot women like hooking up with these hot high school boys, like even in a cartoon. I was like, this feels like MTV. <laughs> so I, I know Betty, Veronica, Jughead, Archie. What I'm not seeing, I don't know anything else from this. I don't recall the plot lines or, or if anything is true to life by season four, episode seven, that's represented in the comic books. What I did love is the like homage to like the physical features of the character so like what the hell is going on with Archie's hair like his hair does not need to be comic book orange when everything else in the series is the same like as as normal life that was bizarre slightly more bizarre to me is the way that they work in Jughead's crown now I'm sure you have talked about this on Renap and every episode in the beginning of this podcast but I'm just here to once again say that like a crown in a beanie it's like it's okay like by season four he doesn't need to be wearing that hat I'm assuming he's been wearing it since since the show started. Yeah, so the the hat thing is actually like pretty talked about because in in the comic books it looks like a crown, but it's actually this particular type of hat that it does have like a top. It, 
I don't know, like covers your whole head as well and then has like the crown shaped fringe that's cut around it. And so the beanie's not super far off from what the actual hat was. If you look up like where the history of that style of hat, I can't remember what it's called. It's I, not yeah, called I, a jug head. But just yeah, we, we need Hannah here to explain that. But so yeah. there's a scene in I think season one where Jughead is literally like, have you ever seen me take off this hat? That's weird. I'm weird. And it's like the show is very much in touch with the fact that it's weird that he always wears this hat. I, yeah, it's and it's also like, okay, Archie's hair is pretty spot on to the comic book, but, you know, at what cost? I don't understand why that's like the one detail that seeps through. It's so at distracting. I think they did take the most liberties with the character Jughead. He is the most different from how he is in the comic books. He's They went like loner, trailer park gang emo kid as opposed to like, I'm just kind of a dorky, lanky, tall kid who eats food and is Archie's friend. So they really went in a different direction with him. Can I ask another question about just like the format generally of the show? Yes. So I was like, again, it's like against my podcast religion to like do only almost no prep and come into a podcast. So I'm feeling a little bit like I don't have my floaties on and I'm in the deep end. But I did try to watch like a season recap at the beginning. You know, Netflix, okay, they have, I know it's a CW show, but sometimes there's like a recap at the beginning of the season. There was none. But at the beginning, then I go to this episode and there's inexplicably like a mid-season recap. I imagine this was like a Christmas break in between. Is that right? Yeah, this was the mid-season finale, I believe. Or at least they took a several week break. Riverdale when it's live it likes to sporadically take like two three week breaks just kind of randomly they'll be like ha here you go three weeks off and we're like but for why for what reason like if they didn't take all these breaks we could have had a full season four and they wouldn't have had to cut off the last three episodes to add them to the start of season five yeah but more importantly whenever they give us like a three week break that pretty much just means hey mary's gonna take two and a half weeks to edit this podcast (laughs) because she can that is true like we um just released the season one finale recap which we started recording the season one recaps on New Year's Day of 2019 and we joked in the podcast oh well it'll take 13 months for this to come out but no it took 16 months (laughs) yeah and my mom actually just texted me yesterday and she was like I can't believe you guys talked about geese but you didn't mention me waging a war with the geese and I was like yeah mom that's because we recorded this a year ago (laughs) it it wasn't relevant at the time she's like no I just but it just popped up on my phone what do you mean it was a year ago sometimes that's That's the breaks mom (laughs) yeah sorry mary's mom yes i did have to cut out from one of our recent episodes that i released that we recorded back in like june we had gone off on a weird tangent about viruses and i cut that out it just didn't seem topical Wait, we went on a tangent about viruses? <laughs> yeah, but it, we it just didn't seem appropriate. Yeah, like, no, I I completely <laughs> understand and I'm I I condone the decision to cut that out. I just that leaves me with so many questions of like when did this happen? What were we talking about? Which episode was it? Like I I'm just very curious. But that's fine. That's a question for another time because today is all about Allie and her experience. And I know that you're you're nervous cuz you ha- didn't do like a bunch of prep, but that's that's the whole point. If you had done prep, it would have been against the the spirit of this podcast. 
I have another question. This I could have Googled, but I figured, eh. So the the brother Sprouse who's in this, who plays Jughead, of mm-hmm. which one I'm not sure, um, cool. is dating or was dating Betty or Veronica? Well, that's actually super topical. Uh, yeah, Betty, the actress who plays Betty, that both the characters and the actors are slash were dating. I don't know. Breaking news as of yesterday, they broke up again, supposedly, but we'll see if that's true or not. It wasn't true the last time <laughs> the news reported it. So and again, I uh, I don't Kirsten care doesn't if care dating or not. <laughs> yeah. Like Mary and Hannah will be messaging like, oh, my God, did you see this article? Are they together? Are they not together? Look at this video. And I'm just like, but why do we care if they're dating or not dating? Like, I I don't care. And to I, some people, it makes it more real. OK, well, actually, why does know? it have to be real? Like this show is not real. <laughs> the reason I raise it is because I felt like they had zero chemistry, at least really? in this episode. Interesting. Like, yeah, this zero. episode is very weird. Betty's acting all like lovey-dovey and like, we've got to catch up, save your file. Like, it's time to have sex. But like, you're right. It doesn't really seem a real relationship. I think that at the time, especially, we were predicting, or at least I was, who was very into watching the... I don't know, show unfold. Here's the thing. In most episodes, they have like pretty good chemistry. Their chemistry is way better, at least, than the Archie-Veronica coupling. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were dating in real life. But a lot of what happened in this episode was making me think that they were trying to lead us to believe that the characters were going to break up or or a lot of the show was trying to get you to think that Betty was going to be the one to kill Jughead. Because at the end of season three, we got a like flash forward that ends up happening I think I think it's like episode 13 of this season season four so it flashed forward like half a season showing us that Jughead was gonna die Wait, what and so yeah it was <laughs> pretty the crazy. season three finale ends and then all of a sudden it's like spring break senior year and it's Betty and Archie and Veronica and they're all standing around a campfire in their underwear and they're burning Jughead's beanie and they're like there's only one way to get through this we can never speak again like we're gonna finish high school we're gonna move away and we're gonna move on and then over the first few episodes of season four most of the episodes end with like a different flash forward so there's one where they're all running through the woods screaming Jughead like searching for him there's one where Betty identifies Jughead's body there's one where Brett is like guess it'll just be you and I in in New Haven next year like there's just like a bunch of that and then it all um, ultimately culminates in Betty and Jughead worked together to fake Jughead's death to try and get one over on the Stonewall prep kit yeah, so in this episode, I thought that they were trying to lead us in a direction of like, Betty is getting really fed up with Jughead, and she's either going to break up with him or she's going to result in his death at some point. So this one, yeah, this episode kind of stands apart from all the other ones. I'm really surprised there wasn't another flash forward in it. That would have just confused you even more. So wait, so back to the New Haven comment, am I to believe that multiple characters are going to Yale in this series? Yeah, two and a half characters are going to so Yale. So <laughs> at first, Brett gets into Yale and then Jughead gets into Yale, which is crazy because he doesn't go to school. <laughs> and then when Jughead is quote unquote dead, Yale calls Betty and is like, well, a spot opened up. You can come to Yale now. So like, I guess because Jughead died, she magically gets into Yale. But then when Jughead turns out to not be dead, she's still going to Yale 
jail and he's like trying to get into a writing program in Iowa. It's very strange. My dad used to joke that like, and he used to say it much better than I'm going to say it now because I don't fully remember. Sorry. Like that if like the number of kids who got into Ivy League schools in Hollywood were actually true, it would be like 600 times the amount of people who actually get into these schools. It is wild that three people from the Archie universe, the Riverdale universe are going to Yale. Yeah, and then like at one point Veronica gets into Harvard, but she only gets in because of her dad's connections, which at least like kind of makes sense and then she turns it down for that reason. Oh, good for her. So where is she yeah. going? Um, Oh, what school in New York is ba- she going Barnard? to? Barnard? Is that right? It's oh, like so she's that. slumming Barnard. it at Barnard, of course. She, she yeah. couldn't get, like that's also a very good school is the joke. Like she's like, oh, okay. Well, like yeah, I couldn't possibly obviously. go to Yale. I mean, I couldn't go to Harvard. I will go to a great school in New York City. I mean, I think that she gets into Barnard and then does she lose her admission or does she get it back, Mary? She, last we know, she's like on a, a wait, not a wait list, but like that her her admission is under review again because they thought that she was a murderer, I think. I don't know. And to be clear, all of these kids are murderers. Every single one of the characters in the show murders somebody at least once. And what's the, so I gathered that Riverdale. Okay, but Veronica's was self-defense. It's a rough neighborhood. <laughs> So, like, is that why? (laughs) So it's like, Uh, we don't really know because they talk about gangs on the south side of town many times. But then, like, when you hear about the gang, they're like, but we only sell weed. Like, we don't sell hard drugs. It's it's a very strange connection. But then it's like Veronica's family has mob connections. And that's where a lot of the violence comes in. And, like, Cheryl's family is all murderers, like, both her parents. And the town was the town with Pep. It was, like, this idealistic, perfect little suburban town and then the events of season one two three and four of Riverdale happened and now it's just crime ridden and terrible there was a point in season three where the town was literally quarantined because of violence no it was quarantined because there was like a chemical in the water the drug runoff yeah that was causing all the teenage girls to have seizures no explanation of why it was just the girls but you know they really never gave us enough of that that whole plot line was just an excuse to have Kelly Ripa on as like a water analysis scientist person who was having an affair with Hiram Lodge, who is, of course, her husband in real life. So they like drawing on the chemistry between real life couples. They love it more than anything. (laughs) There was a big subplot over the course of like a season and a half-ish where Veronica and Reggie had like an on and off thing because the actors were dating at the time. And then the second the actors broke up, they split up that couple. And also because Reggie is much hotter and better than Archie in every way. Like, new Reggie is so hot. Yes. Old Reggie wasn't that bad either. Old Reggie was, like, Who's fine. Reggie? New Reggie? I don't oh, think he I was in this episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, but new Reggie is, like, very hot, and I was calling him my Riverdale boyfriend until I found out that the actor who plays him said some, like, very fat phobic stuff on Twitter, and so now he's canceled, but he's still very hot. Who yes. plays him? What's his name again? Charles Melton. Charles Melton plays Reggie. I'm gonna look this he was up. in that movie that was, like, Every Son's a Star or something. Wasn't it something like that? I, I feel like there are other Netflix things he was in that you could say but I don't Uh, really know I don't know hey he was in bad boys for life okay I didn't see that either I I mean neither did I I'm just I I just googled him to like confirm the sun is also a star is what you're thinking that one yes yes 
Good for him. Or bad for anyways, him. I don't know what I'm he's to a, Anyways, he's a very attractive man. Sure. And he's better than Archie because Archie sucks a lot. Like, I know in this episode, he's like, oh, he's trying to feed homeless kids. Even then, he's such a dumb idiot. He lets a crime family in and tries to deep fry a turkey inside. He's dumb. Over the course of season four, we just recorded our finale podcast a couple weeks ago. And Kirsten, myself, and our other co-host, Hannah, could not, literally could not remember what Archie had done all season. We, we couldn't think of a single thing that he had done. Hey, I remembered the community center eventually. Yeah, we, we figured it out eventually, but like he's not the main character. He really does not move the plot forward at all. He kind of is given these random little subplots that usually have to do with him punching. How many episodes after Luke Perry died are we? This felt very fresh. Not to feel that I was profiled when I saw that the episode started out with the dead father's funeral, but you know, here we are. The- no, 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 <laughs> Allie. I actually, I thought when I started watching the episode today, I was like, oh crap, Allie is gonna think no crap. I that we it. went for the <laughs> for the dead parent situation. But I I didn't even remember the Thanksgiving plot line. When we chose this episode, we were like, oh, this is the one where they play Never Have I Ever and there's an ice storm. And we fully forgot it was about Thanksgiving, fully forgot the like sad stuff with Luke Perry passing so so early on. That was not the goal, but I mean, you know what? If we're gonna have someone to address it, I would appreciate it. The only reason you, I obviously. said this is because I knew you guys could take it and it's not actually any bad will I, I but I'm but I am interested in knowing how far we are away from obviously I knew Luke Perry died and they were going to write that into the script but like where are we in that timeline so Luke Perry died like towards the end of season three and they actually didn't address his passing in season three at all because they wanted to make sure to dedicate a full episode to that and like really give him kind of that goodbye and so the season four premiere is where Fred Andrews passes away and he passes away basically he was helping a woman on the who's had like a flat tire on the side of the highway and a driver hits him and they brought in Shannon Doherty from 90210 to be like the woman that he saved and it was like a very moving and I really liked that episode. It's probably one of the best episodes of Riverdale and also just one of the most tasteful handlings of an actor's death I've seen on a TV show. It was really good. It's the it's the best acting KJ Appa as Archie has ever done on I, this show. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I think I we were very high on it at the time, at least. Yeah, it was a little bit odd because he passed away in real life around episode like 18 or 19 of season three, but they had refilmed up through like 21. So like the last couple episodes of season three, it was kind of weird because the actor had actually had passed away, but there was still content of him on the show. So it, it was it was hard watching that originally. Yeah, so we're only six episodes past that now right did now he did they have footage of him helping someone with a flat tire or how did they no no they they did they basically had where they found out he passed away in a car accident and Archie goes to the scene of the accident and he runs into Shannon Doherty who basically tells him what had happened gotcha. and then the end of that episode ends with like a montage of Luke Perry footage some that had been on the show some that hadn't so obviously from like scenes that were cut and it was it was a very emotional episode I cried like a baby because this actually felt I mean I didn't think this was like the one right after but this felt pretty I mean is that a through line through the whole season at least with Archie's story there's definitely a lot of it coming up but I I think that this is one of the ones where it hits hard the most because they didn't really do like a Christmas episode and so this was the only holiday they really show and obviously you can you can relate to don't uh, tell me how to feel 
No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I, I'm assuming, I'm going based on my experience <laughs> and assuming you relate to me, but okay, that it's like the first holiday after you lose someone is like a lot more emotionally wrought than you would maybe even expect. You know, it was a nice step. And, and it's almost like, so then all of us might have picked up on this right in the beginning that like when the fried turkey explodes, I was like, oh wow, like clearly they're going to like receive that as sort of like a sign. It's like Archie kind of screwed something up, but it was a tribute to his dad and it explodes at that like opportune time. And I feel like anyone who's lost someone does that sort of like is that a sign maybe I'm crazy like whatever dance but then of course there's no subtlety at Riverdale and they address that at the end of the I was like oh what a nice like you can hang your hat on that little subtle nod moment maybe it was Luke Perry maybe it was and then they're like the sign from the turkey I was like oh, okay well I thought I was like in step with this Riverdale isn't subtle <laughs> is the one thing and they always give you like an immediate resolution to pretty much everything they don't really let you sit with things for long well that I, I like that I'm fine with I like that I I don't want to jump too far into the plot no but. jump into whatever you want this is about you so so when they okay so like the I need some backstory I guess there's like there's three stories right there's Archie yeah. in the community center which I feel like you know we get alright that, that I could pick up enough from the trailer that like I don't did Archie actually actually put the son in the coma no I think the the theory is that Hiram Lodge we think he might have tried to kill that guy to like help Archie something to give favor with his daughter because Hiram and Veronica have like a very weird codependent relationship but we we never really get full clarity on who um beat up Dodger but we're pretty sure it was Hiram Lodge in the episode where Hiram did it he was kind of like feeling bad for Archie and for the fact that his father had passed away recently and so he sort of helped Archie took care of that problem but it's also possible that he did it because he wanted the family to come after Archie. It would not be the first time that he has tried to kill his daughter's boyfriend. So what's their beef? That's what I'm not clear on. So in season two is when we find out about all of like Hiram being involved with the mob and that kind of stuff. And Archie actually gets super sucked into that world and tries to help Hiram out by working for him in like a mob capacity. Yeah, he's like his protege kind of yeah, helper. Yeah, to, to impress Veronica but then Archie realizes that Hiram's not in like the fun good mob he's a criminal and does bad stuff and people die and Archie instead of just like quietly you know sliding out of all of this and and you know just shutting it himself off from it he goes to Hiram and is like I know what you're doing and I'm going to stop you and I'm going to make sure that you can't get away with this anymore and then Hiram has him arrested and then tries to have him killed a few times uh, because he just had to go straight to Hiram's face and be like I will stop you one day I mean Hiram is just being a like normal criminal trying to tie up loose ends Archie knows all this terrible stuff that he's done and so he's trying to get rid of the problem but Archie just won't die and it's kind of annoying for him but every once in a while we forget on the show all of the stuff that Hiram's done and then you have an episode like this where you have FP Jones Jughead's dad like having drinks with Hiram and then randomly shouts out like you don't think I've forgotten that you ordered a hit on my son like that's the kind of thing that happens these this Hiram just tries to kill everyone and then people forgive him okay so wait I don't remember when he tried to kill Jughead Mary do you remember this I believe it had to do with the part where Hiram like cut off the head of that statue of the guy in the park and then like tried to frame it on Jughead and then Jughead was like I'm gonna you know show that you're exploiting the south side and then he 
he tried to kill him. I don't know. It was way back in season two. The only thing I remember of that is Jughead yelling at Hiram, and I remember nothing else. I was assuming it was something to do with, like, the riots, but I guess not. Oh, you're right. No, that's when it was. He did. He he hired Penny Peabody to kill him in the riots, and then he didn't die either. These kids just won't die. It's really inconvenient. So what happened? Because I was going to ask, because that was crazy, like, watching people sit there and have, like, tense but fine drinks, and then it escalates to, like, yeah, you put a hit on my son, and you tried to kill me at the behest of my wife. What happened with that? Right. So uh, the wife in question, Hermione Lodge, she was mayor at one time, and she asked FP, who was, this was before he was the sheriff, he was just the leader of the Southside Serpents gang, and so he was supposed to go kill Hiram because I think Hermione had a change of heart and was like, I don't want to be a mobster's wife anymore. And so that happened. Then he didn't die because nobody dies for real except for Fred Andrews. And they're just working that out now as like Hermione and... They actually had their marriage annulled, which is really like not how marriage annulment works. Yeah, no, it's not. Because yeah, they wanted to have a divorce and then Veronica was very worried that by divorcing her mom, Hiram would be putting her mom at risk from all these other mobsters. And so he annuls the marriage because then he can still protect her. But then they're like still together and they uh, yeah they got back together it was basically like they hated each other they both went to prison then they both got out of prison and then when they got out of prison veronica walks in on them like making out and they're like haha we just can't get enough of each other i guess and so they're just civilly back together i, I feel like the show wants us to believe that they're married again but we just kind of skipped over all that wait and then so we have a very valuable resource in Allie right now because she um is a lawyer obviously can't give us legal advice on the podcast Podcast, but can you explain what how um, this annulment after you know 20 years of marriage w- would be not how things work out so in order and this is a very rudimentary understanding of family law but usually to have something annulled you have to like the marriage has to be like voidable or void for a number of reasons and those reasons could be like the person was a minor the person was under duress uh, the like I can't think of the rest of the reasons like or, person was already married to someone yes else exactly at the time. like polygamy like one of those things and then it's like it's not the case that after 20 years because of a crime boss is threatening you that you can get your marriage annulled after the fact now maybe is the argument that she was under duress when she got married because he was like threatening her I mean maybe that's the only thing I think that really would make sense for them to to do this because it doesn't really make sense otherwise and I I feel like I railed against the annulment when it happened but I don't I don't remember I know we talked about it in depth and it's like that would make sense if Hermione was the one having it annulled in claiming duress but Hiram was the one doing it there was also something about like he didn't want to get a divorce because it would look bad in the eyes of like his faith or something that that was also a oh yeah remember when they were like super catholic for like two episodes in season one or two yeah that happened as well so I don't know anyway yeah they're all they're all bad guys Hiram and Hermione so both the Veronica's parents have both been mayor at various times and this show treats a mayoral ship as they're the ruler of the world and nobody can touch them. So that's just kind of how that works. Yeah, in this episode, um, FP says he's the mayor. He could do whatever he wants now. Yeah, basically. I mean, he is the one who had the town quarantined, so. I think I'm all set on the Archie story. I'm trying to think of anything else was like, what's Archie doing after graduation? He's not graduating. Oh, first, okay. first and foremost. He has not been to school. And then when he like tr- came back to school, it was like, like he missed so much school from being in jail and then being on the run. And then he came back and it was like suddenly everyone was writing the SATs and he was like I can't write the SATs because I haven't learned any of this so a big part of 
season four is he like wants to at least walk the stage at graduation with his friends even though he won't actually be graduating and the principal of the school is like no you can't walk if you're not graduating like finish school yeah that's this is what just kills me about this show is like season three was all about him being in jail and then being on the run and that he couldn't return home to Riverdale because Hiram Lodge is literally chasing after him with like goons trying to hunt him down and kill him and then season four it's kind of like they just called a truce and they're both just living in the town minding their own business so I don't know why we don't care about that anymore yeah I think his plan is that he wants to go to the Naval Academy right because he's gonna get like a punching degree he decided he wants to go to the Naval Academy because he him and Betty at the end of season four like kiss a few times and he's like super into it and then Betty's like no like I'm a jughead and I love him and so when Betty turns him down he's like I'm going to the Naval Academy but like I don't know how he's getting into the Naval Academy because he's his not... mom's girlfriend works there or something oh yeah his mom also um is dating a woman now who she met at Sarah Florence University oh good the very real Sarah Florence of course wait I love that they can't say Sarah Lawrence but they can say Harvard Yale and Barnard well if it's not Ivy League this is a question we've asked many times <laughs> it does not make sense yeah okay speaking of not making sense can I pivot you guys to take a trip with yes. me to Stony Brook whatever prep high because yes. Yes. what the hell who is Mr. Chippy who is Mr. Chips <laughs> who's Depod who's Grandpa, the Baxter brothers supposed to be the Hardy boys. This was so wild to me, this storyline. They are the Hardy boys and they have a partner series called Tracy True. Oh, okay. Mar- Mary, do you want to give Allie the primer on, on Stonewall Prep? I feel like you have a better understanding of what's going on here. <laughs> like Kirsten said, Jughead Jones gets recruited to join Stonehell, Stonehell, Stonehell. Stonewall, <laughs> Stonewall Prep's like infamous writing club or whatever. So so he's at this school where apparently he takes exactly one class. That's this writing class. And he's got these four classmates. The two important ones are the ones we saw in this episode, Brett and Donna, who are both just your classic, creepy, rich kid, my dad's a diplomat kind of people. They're in this class with him. And the teacher was Mr. Chipping. And Mr. Chipping was also the guy who recruited Jughead. In the previous episode, he jumped out of a window and died. I think they're at least two or three stories up. So yeah, he he died Jughead rightfully thinks that it's a little suspicious because he has also been in this contest with these four other kids to write the next Baxter Brothers book because they're all written by ghostwriters and so he won the ghostwritership from DuPont who was the first writer of the Baxter Brothers books but then Jughead does some research and he's like shoot my grandfather went to school with DuPont at this Stonewall place he is suspicious that his grandfather actually wrote the book and that DuPont like found out about it and then I don't know got rid rid of his the grandfather. The theory is that his grandfather's book got stolen which was also my theory about the show and I was right just again but what actually happened is they basically offered him money for the book and because he came from like a poorer background he didn't understand what the book was actually worth and accepted like a, a sale price that uh was not reasonable. It for was like what like five thousand dollars or something. Yeah ridiculous. he took like five thousand dollars or something for the first book and then now it's a series worth like 
like over two million. Yeah, or I think they said two hundred million in this. Oh, episode. did they? I it just was remembered the two and the million, and I I didn't remember the zeros in between. So that's where we're at on this, and also all those kids are definitely in a secret society. So wait, quick question. I'm saying it like it's not going to be my millionth question. <laughs> How, so Jughead has nothing to go off of except that like he went to school with Dupont. Like why is he suddenly so convinced that his grandfather wrote this? He found like some old writings by his grandfather that matched the style of the first book as well. His grandpa used to send him the new Baxter Brothers book every single time it came out and there was always the front page ripped out and Jughead does like where you put the paper and like use a pencil to see the impressions and there was like a note in the book being like don't ever let anybody take anything away from you or something like that. Yeah well there is that but he also did definitely look at the other right because he him and Betty went to like the the normal Riverdale school which is apparently where his grandfather transferred after leaving that place and his grandfather like wrote for the school paper and wrote short stories. I don't remember Okay who are we trusting you or the person who takes notes on these shows? Oh. (laughs) Right. So he's enough to go off of but not enough to be definitive proof. Right. Well, his girlfriend is definitely like, I mean, this is saying a lot, expecting that this is like a reason why DuPont might have somehow murdered Mr. Chipping. She thinks it was more just suicide. Also, they wait until like the very end of the season to bother going to ask Mr. Chipping's wife about like any of this. And his wife is just like, yeah, he was super afraid of DuPont and like DuPont was making him do a bunch of sketchy things. So the the Donna affair is bullshit. Yes. Yeah. She, well, she, like we see a video later on where she says the exact same story but like with a different teacher and this is just something she says a lot she was not having an affair with him but she was like I believe she was trying to blackmail him with that I just want to fill in the holes from this episode so that I can sleep tonight she okay. she is saying all right the secret society chipping is in because it's the RC the R- Renaud chipping whatever his name is and uh Rupert chipping <laughs> Renaud <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's Rupert. Okay. Well, now now that I remember his name is Rupert, I'm never going to be able to see him the same way. Well, where was his tie-dye? Why didn't he ever roar? That's why I remembered it. I yeah. was like, wait, no, no, no. It's it's better than Renaud. It's Rupert. Yeah, so the secret society is made up of all of the ghostwriters. The, and so the other thing is, like, all of the previous ghostwriters have died very mysterious deaths. And uh, Chipping was also one of the ghostwriters from that book. And so, like, the real story, to fill it in, is that DuPont got Chipping to recruit Jughead in order order to be a sacrifice and all of the other kids need to try and kill Jughead in order to prove that they can write a good murder mystery. They have to actually do a murder mystery. So like the the truth is that like Brett and Donna and the other two kids in the class that that's their goal is to kill Jughead and then prove that they can write about it. I don't know why he also awarded the thing to Jughead because that just seems complicated and like got a lot of legal issues. Because Mary they needed to reject Jughead's horrible writing and then give him the deadline of the Ides of March, a holiday right. everybody celebrates yeah. in order to write a better book. So wait, so sorry. Okay, so Jughead is a, is, is a pawn. Fine. Yeah. Sh- okay, Chipping jumps out the window. Not because, because he like can't handle this anymore. Had done a murder when he got the contract and that's what's been haunting him his whole life and why he had like drinking issues. And then he, 
because he was going to be finished with his time being the ghostwriter, he had to bring someone to the school to then be murdered by the next ghostwriter. And he's haunted by this. And that's why he kills himself. And he actually got a different kid to come to the school to be the one being murdered. But then he like saved that kid from being murdered by sending him to army To join the army. No, he didn't even go to army school. He full on joined the army. He joined the army. And then (laughs) he also gets Jughead (laughs) to be the like backup kid. And then Jughead also does it. But unfortunately, getting Jughead is a huge problem because you've hired the best detective boy in Riverdale. Except I'm pretty sure Betty solves like all of the crimes. Betty does all of the (laughs) murder solving. She has full on conspiracy walls. She always figures out what's going on. And then whatever shitty man is around her gets the credit. Archie gets full credit for figuring out who a serial killer is in season two. And Archie had nothing to do with it. That was wild. And Archie gets credit for like figuring out who the murderer is in season one also. When again, Archie had nothing to do with it. It's like Betty solves all the murders. Jughead is her sidekick. Archie is off in his like C plot off to the side. And somehow he gets credit because in the comics, he was the golden boy of the town. It is wild because yeah, when they zoomed in on her crossing out chips, which again, or chip, chipping, chippy, chip. Uh, what I didn't understand. Ronaldo Chippy. Rupert. Yeah, him. yeah, Mr. Chippy. <laughs> what I didn't understand is why she's crossing his face off. Like, as a suspect for what? I think he's dead. And that's why they oh, crossed okay. him off. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, when she's the he one. Can't, he can't be a suspect anymore. When she's the one with the Charlie Day board with the red string, I was stunned. Because I was like, wait, I thought this was Jughead's doing. And she was just sort of like, you're crazy. Let's hook up. But now I'm like, oh, she's the one with the real plan. Yeah, she's the one who solves crimes. And she learned it from a Nancy Drew puzzle book, which is why because this universe has Nancy Drew and Tracy True in it. Yeah, I believe when the, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, Netflix or CW, whoever made the Nancy Drew show, when that show came out, that's when they switched to saying Tracy True. Oh. Because they didn't want to be confusing anymore. And this is definitely just confused everyone else even more. So also, I definitely feel like there is a lot to be said for Brett secretly having a crush on Betty. I think that that's a thing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm fully on board with that. We don't explore much of that. But he seemed very intrigued by the fact that she had kissed a girl. So That was so hilarious. Br- Betty! <laughs> <laughs> I truly find joy every time any piece of like pop culture is like, oh my God, a girl kissed another girl, but she's not gay. Everyone's kissed a girl. It was really wild too, because then it's like never ever done drugs. And he's like, really trash boy from Riverdale? Like we've all done drugs. And I'm like, it's crazy to have a a bigger reaction to kissing another woman than doing illegal drugs. (laughs) Like it's just like, that's just a surprise to me. And I just, I loved when also they're like, never have I ever been in a gang. And then Brett is also very fascinated. Like, oh, Betty, you were in a gang and too? to be clear, Betty was not in the gang. She only did one third of the initiation. She stripped. She stripped on a pole. She's in the gang. Wait, what's the initiation? Also, Stripping? So like the, the women have a different initiation from the but men. Of because it's a, a sexist organization. And I know that like the women have to literally like strip on a pole in this bar in front of all the other serpents. 
parents. And Betty definitely does that. And her mom is there and like doesn't seem bothered by it. Well, her mom did it too because her mom was also a serpent. But then, so so what did Betty not do from the initiation? Well, I feel like she didn't say the, she didn't chant the rules or grab the, the yeah, knife but that's from the what, snake no, jar. That's what the men do. The women don't have to do that. I they thought have to, it was, okay, well, according to the fan fiction, the men and women have to do the same things. It's just the final task that they have to do differently. The guys have to get beat up and the women have to do a pole dance. So obviously. then if she was doing the pole dance, that means she did everything else and we just didn't see it. Maybe. Either way, it doesn't really matter because she like did that, didn't get the jacket. And then like several episodes later, when Jughead becomes the leader of the gang, he's like, I want you to be my serpent queen. And she's like, okay. So wait, can I ask a question about the gang? So like when I heard you guys talk about the gangs, when I hear Archie comic gang, for some reason, I like picture it like, you know, like snap it, like grease lightning, like the like T-birds or something like these are these like hard. This supposed to be like hard gangs that everyone in the town is just in. Um, Well, it changes over time it like goes also. back and forth because like season one the serpents seem they're just like people on the south side of town who are you know down on their luck and they're in this gang and they sell drugs but it's like but a like biker they, gang they only sell pot it's a biker gang that only sells pot and then it like evolves over time and then suddenly there's no adults in the gang at all and it just they, we never really get full clarity but like they're they're a gang and they do crime but like they're not the bad guys Okay. Well, sure. yeah, there's other gangs other who do gangs the bad guys. Other gangs are the bad guys. There's a right. gang called the Ghoulies, and they're, like, tweaked out of their minds. Yeah. They're the ones that uh, you once referred to as Juggalos. <laughs> When did I call them Juggalos? Was that with Mike? Yeah, it was with Mike. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do like to think of the Ghoulies as like Juggalos that are high on meth. Right. Yeah, the the Serpent Gang is, uh, it, yeah, it was just like a very normal biker gang. They had like a bar. They hung out. They were kind of just like the ruffians. You know, the Hiram Lodges of the world would hire them to like decrease property value of certain places so that he could buy it for cheap. That was kind of their deal. They would, you know, move petty drugs and stuff like that. But now it, it, it then it transformed into like Jughead's in charge, but he's never really there. And there's no more adults because they all got killed in the riots. And there's just some kids and he just kind of like yells at them. And occasionally they show up wearing leather jackets and that's it. Uh, that does bring me to a little side game we can play real oh, quick. I can't wait. Yeah. So you may have noticed that some of the characters have hilarious names, not just Chippy as you referred to, but there is one character who we'll probably get to her plot in a second who's the uh, girlfriend of Cheryl Tony Topaz who is also in the serpent gang so I have some other characters here three of which are real characters one I made up and these are all other serpent members and I want you to tell me which character name you think is not actually in oh, the show perfect. okay so Fangs Fogarty Cucumber Melon Sweet Pea or Tall Boy now did you play this game on Renown uh, I don't know if I played this particular you de- one on you definitely didn't use these exact same names or some of them, because yeah. I recall Cucumber Melon is an option. This just proving I did list. Save them one more time. Fangs, Fogarty, Cucumber Melon, Sweet Pea, or Tall Boy. I'll say Cucumber Melon because it's stuck in my head, but I feel like that's probably a real name. Yeah, that's the fake one. Okay. However, that's my favorite <laughs> fake name just because Sweet Pea and Cucumber Melon are Bath and Body Works. Yes, okay. So that cracks me up. Perfect. I love it. 
Okay. Wait, who's Tall Boy? Because I almost went with Tall Boy. Tall Boy was one of the few named adult serpents who he was like a serpent who was like the right hand man to Jughead's dad. And then he didn't like what Jughead was doing with the gang. And so he kind of went rogue. And then he died, I'm sure. I don't remember. I'm going to Google what happened to Tall Boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if he died or not. I feel like he was one of those people who worked for Hiram and then Hiram later killed. It just seems to happen a lot. Do you remember there was a part where Jughead runs up to Tallboy and says, I bet you did it, Tallboy. You're the tallest one here. <laughs> so I should hope so. So it wasn't that. ironic. It wasn't like he was really Guys, small. um, Tallboy tall was allegedly shot and killed by Sheriff Mineta in a gunfight in season two. However, in a season three twist, he's revealed to be one of the versions of the Gargoyle King. So we right. don't really know. He might be in jail now. We don't know. Whoa, Tallboy was a mass shooter. Yikes. He's the one who opened fire on the community hall during the mayoral debate. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, and that's why he got into a, a gunfight with the police was because of that. But then he shows up again in season three. I don't believe that he actually killed anyone. I don't think anybody died there, no. No, okay. All right, so here are four more names. Jellybean Jones, Evelyn Evernever, Peaches and Cream, Wendy Winter. I'll say Evelyn. That one is actually real. Evelyn, the daughter of Chad Michael Murray on the show. Okay, but actually not actually his daughter. Pretends to be his daughter, but is actually his, like, lover. Right. Ooh. Well, I think it's never addressed if she's also his daughter or not. We no, don't actually she's know. not his daughter. We the, I, This show does a lot of <laughs> stuff that is weird and wrong, and they've tipped their toe into the, the pool of incest before but I don't believe that <laughs> she's actually his daughter because remember it comes out that she's much older than she's pretending to be and I don't think he's old enough to have a child that old uh, how old do you think Chad Michael Murray is I mean in the show not old enough to have a child the age of Evelyn wait but actually how old is I he I would say really? 43 is, he's in his 30 yeah he's in his 40s oh, really? for sure oh, okay I was gonna guess 37 actually maybe that's right that just shows. I'm gonna look I have up. no idea Chad Michael Murray is 38 and will be 39 and Okay, that makes sense. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, Windy Winter, not a real person. But Peaches and Cream is my favorite character name in the whole show. She shows up every once in a while as a member of a third gang. So her name isn't Peaches Cream. It's Peaches and Cream. Peaches and Cream. Oh, N. N is in Nancy. But I don't know if that's actually her name or if that's just what she gets called. Like, Tallboy isn't his legal name. <laughs> Do you know that for sure? Isn't Tallboy's real name like something petite? I'm pretty sure. Isn't uh, it like Sam, Sam Petit or something? I think you made that up. I don't know. I might have. I'm Googling again. Gerald Tallboy Petit. You're right. Ah. His name is <laughs> Gerald Petit. Wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> How do you uh. remember these things? Also, if I was a boy, my name would be Gerald. Do you think people would be calling me Tallboy? I think your name would be Gerald Petit. We've definitely discussed on this podcast that your boy name was going to be Gerald. So I feel like we've had this whole discussion before. Want to hear my boy name? Biggest Hell regret yeah. of my life. Jack Lasher. Oh, that's Tell me that's good. not a superhero. That's, that's like that's, very that's close good. to Jack Danger. Yeah. It's 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 incredible. I like I can't believe I I am me and I could have been Jack Lasher. I would have liked to be Jack Lasher as a woman. Why didn't they name you like Jacqueline or something? I don't know. That's my drag name, Jack Lasher. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I can be on board with that. I'm a fan. Who's I don't have I need a drag name. That's it's fine. Gerald, Gerald Petit. Petit. No! <laughs> 
My drag name cannot be named after my grandma. Gerald Bettine. Which is why I was going to be named Gerald's because my grandma's name was Geraldine. So wait, why isn't your 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 actual name Geraldine? So the reason why my name isn't Geraldine is because my older sister already had that as a middle name. Ah, uh, okay. But like oh. I was going to be named after her if I was a boy because she passed away in January and then I was born in November. Man, my middle name is Churchwell. <laughs> I just don't know why you said it like that. Man, my middle Man! name. Man! <laughs> uh, is that a maiden name? Why Churchwell? It is. It's a okay. maiden name. Yeah. But you know, I was like kind of bitter my whole life that I didn't have like one of those individual middle names because my, my siblings also have Churchwell. But then now that I've gotten attached to my last name, I'm like, shoot, if I have kids, they're all going to be middle name Kwiatkowski. So that's going to suck. Like, honestly, suck. it could be worse. I was, j- I just recorded a podcast with Haley Strong earlier this Jealous. week and it came out that her fiance's middle name is just like the letter N and then his sister's middle name is also just the letter N. Well, I mean, so is Peach's cream <laughs> middle name letter N. <laughs> so is Peach. Oh, oh All right. Uh, do you have anything else with the whole Jughead Betty stuff you want to talk about? I don't, I'm anxious to get to the Blossoms because what All the right. hell <laughs> is going on in that family? Oh, I wish I knew. Yeah. So there's the Blossom family. The backstory here is Cheryl's dad murdered her twin brother. The twin brother, which you see get wheeled in at one point. Yeah, that's his dead body. She taxidermied her dead twin brother's body and keeps it in the house and talks to it. Technically, Edgar Evernever taxidermied it, but she has it now. Yeah, Edgar Evernever taxidermied. So Chad Michael Murray taxidermied her dead brother who had been buried for a while. So I don't really understand how that works. But then, so her and and Jason Blossom were twins. But the like big plot point at the beginning of season four is that they were actually supposed to be triplets and Cheryl absorbed Uh. one in the womb. But actually she's just being gaslit by her mom who's hiding in the walls of the mansion. Yeah, which is actually why Tony feels like there's eyes on her. Her mom is literally living in the walls and like trying to trick her into thinking there's the ghost of her dead brother that she absorbed in the womb. I don't know why she couldn't just have been the ghost of the dead body Jason that is in the house, but that wasn't what they did. Yeah, it's unclear because so like season one, Cheryl's dad kills her brother. That's like the big twist you find out at the end of the season. And then season two, the Blossom family just kind of exists. Cheryl burns down her house. And so this house is actually like the second Blossom house that her grandmother lives in. So Nana Blossom. So Cheryl moves in with Nana Blossom. So does her mom. But then in season three, her mom is revealed at the end to be like the big bad of season three. And so she doesn't get arrested, but she runs away. And then we find out that she actually ran away to hide in the walls of the house. So there's like a secret compartment. And then Cheryl gasses up the house to get her mom out or something. I don't know. That happens. Yeah, she says she's gonna like release like this poisonous gas into the house to like cleanse it of spirits or whatever. And then her mom like runs out during this time and Cheryl was secretly wearing a gas mask or whatever. It's weird. So Cheryl and her girlfriend Tony, they live with Nana Blossom and dead body Jason and this doll who is supposed to be her triplet brother. So they're all in this house and then in the previous episode, her uncle, her aunt, and her cousin show up and the uncle and aunt are like, you need to sell us the very lucrative Blossom Maple Company. Yeah, they have a maple syrup empire. Right. She says no and then the uncle finds out about dead body Jason and tries to attack Cheryl and then Tony saves her by like hitting him on the head with a candlestick and he dies. So that's then that then we're at this episode. 
Okay, so what's weird about this to me besides the whole show is there was like a little vignette with the girlfriends and maybe they went back to them once or twice and then we get like the main story with the cannibalism. But I, throughout the whole episode, I was like, I have no idea who these women are. By the time we get to the main story, I'm like, I still have no idea who these two women are that they keep showing. I had no idea what was going on with the family. Like the other stories I could sort of like get a little thread going and maybe that's just because this was like the real C story, I feel like, of the episode. But all of a sudden, the, the strategy here was to convince them that they had eaten their father and husband so I guess that was the uncle in the pies yeah, yes. and that the blackmail would be you're a cannibal so we'll get you arrested for cannibalism and, and presumably shamed that comes with that but they've committed the crime the girls have committed the crime I don't think you can get them on eating a pie that you were not you were told was lamb or whatever I, I feel like there was a big flaw in the blackmail yeah there definitely was and I remember when this episode first came out I was like wait was there actual cannibalism going on but now watching it on no. the second time Cheryl clearly says that it's like a performance Theater. art piece yeah. at the beginning and then at the end specifically mentions it's a lamb pie which shows how much I pay attention to this show week to week I know that I'm providing just top level coverage for all of our listeners so it's just like it's all fake and it just basically scares them off enough to get them to leave the property so that they can actually dispose of the body so I feel like if the aunt and cousin decided to come back it would be like well there's no evidence of anything like I don't know what they're talking about like we had a great Thanksgiving dinner and we gave them lamb pies. Well what's even more ridiculous about all this is that Jason Blossom her twin brother was thrown into the same river and did not get gobbled up by salmon or whatever so I don't know why she thinks throwing this dead body in there is gonna somehow solve the problem. This is literally how your brother's murder Do we think that this body will ever come back? No like that's the thing about Riverdale. Some Sometimes the someone who's killed it's like a big deal and throughout the whole season someone's trying to cover up a murder or whatever and then every once in a while someone dies and that's just it and you don't care anymore and I think this is one of those cases. The thing about Cheryl Blossom and Tony which is why this probably felt so disconnected is like they're not supposed to be main characters. (laughs) They you know even though Archie and Betty and Jughead and Veronica did not speak once as like a foursome in this episode I don't think either pair even mentioned the other pair which is just a fault of the show. Like season one, they sometimes had plots together. They almost never have plots together anymore. They're all in their separate little things. But Cheryl is just a side character who the show liked a lot and so turned her into a main character, even though she has nothing to do with anything most of the time. So she's just off being hot by herself with Tony. Yeah, and Cheryl Blossom is in the original Archie comic and she was taken out of the comics for a while because she was too sexy for the comics because she had a larger chest than the other women yes Um, well, that's actually very important to my understanding because I did not recall that despite being attracted to the comic for all of its salaciousness as a child. Possible you never encountered her in the comics. Wait, I thought you just said she had a larger chest in the comics. Yeah, and so because of that, they took her out oh, oh, of the comic oh, 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 oh. for a while. My brain just, I, quarantine is literally ruining my life. Oh, girl, me too. There's the characters in Archie Comics who've been there since the beginning and then there's other ones like Kevin Keller, Tony Topaz. Like, they're in the comics, but some of them weren't added into like the 80s or 90s. Yeah, Kevin Keller is the first gay Archie comic. Oh, okay. Person. I remember and I remember that. Like from news. I don't think he was in this episode though at all either. No, he wasn't. Him and Reggie, which is sad because Kevin has all the star power. <laughs> You're right. Oh yeah, wait, <laughs> I didn't even see who's the guy who was on the drag celebrity secret super secret celebrity drag. That was Sweet Pea. Right. Sweet Pea was gone for like half this season and we don't know why. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, that was Sweet yes. Pea. He, I guess he was gone because he was filming Celebrity Drag Race. So Sweet Pea's it a guy. It was like a big deal for me. No one else cared on the podcast but me. Every week I was like, what happened to Sweet Pea? What happened to the Southside Serpents? Nothing. No, the fact is, though, is like, yes, we are wondering about the serpents because they used to be a very common thing. But like Sweet Pea wasn't like an every character person to begin with. I just loved him. I thought he was great. And fun fact, the pairing of Sweet Pea and Betty is like a really big fan fiction thing. Oh. I don't, where does that come from? I don't know. Like, I can't figure out why there's no Betty or Brett fan fiction, even though there definitely should be. <sighs> it's Mary, terrible. be the fan fiction you wish to see in the world. I mean, Mary's not allowed to write any fan fiction until she writes their nap fan fiction or Akiva's head might well, see, literally the, the problem with that is like, once you're like, once you have to do something, you don't want to do it. I relate to Mary not doing oh, 100%. it. Oh, 100%. Oh, I completely understand. I think Mary should have just said no in the first place. <laughs> I've discussed this a lot. I don't understand why I am the only thing on Renap that was not user submitted. This is just something that Robin Akiva made up and then assigned to me without like asking. Well, welcome me about to it. my life, but, sister. <laughs> yeah. But I will do it eventually. It's on my to do list for 2020. I'll be honest. I would rather Robin Akiva randomly assign me things than what they currently are doing, which is ignoring me from every possible episode and, and seemingly trying to erase me from the the like. Aren't you up this mysticism week? of Renap? No, it didn't. It did not win, which I didn't want it to win because I'm busy. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Did did they tell you that you had to write a murder mystery series and then win a contract and then now they're just trying to erase that from history? Actually, yes, that's exactly what happened and I will need legal assistance on this. I have Great. one additional question and then I think of I have course. actually reached the end of my notes on this. I did take notes even though I'm, you know, not an official part here, but I suggested that as though anyone would think I had been an official part of this podcast despite knowing zero about Riverdale. <laughs> um, if you want to continue covering Riverdale with us, you you are welcome back anytime. So why is a camera placed in in uh, Jughead's room? So that's a very good question. So Brett, Jughead's roommate, likes to film other teens having sex to use as like blackmail. But also it comes up at the end of season four that those tapes end up in the back room of a video rental place. So uh, Brett is just filming and distributing child pornography. Were you <laughs> a Stranger Things fan? No, that's also too scary for me. Okay, well, Barb from Stranger <laughs> Stranger Things ends up renting the sex tape of Jughead and Betty. Do you have any guess as to what that tape was named? Which I can only presume Brett named. Oh, Brett definitely named it. Okay. Was it like... I'll give you a hint. It's a two-word phrase that's like they both words start with the same letter. It's alliteration. Yeah. I would say um, because because he... This is going to be offensive. Let me say something else. I'll tell you guys off air what I was going to say. I want to come up with... All I can think of is the one I don't want to say on air. So what is it? It's... So he always calls Betty Ponytail. And so it's called Ponytail Playtime. Okay, I was thinking of two words. Well, I was thinking he was just not offensive. I, I think he, I was thinking he was going to be like really snooty about them being from like a rough area and was going to call them like poor or something. Be like, poor's porking. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Wow. So I was close. <laughs> I think Betty is safely middle class, although it's very confusing exactly how because her mom like sometimes has a job. Yeah, well, her mom gave away all of their money to the cult and then sold her house to FP's ex-wife. And then now she lives in the house with FP because they're dating. So Alice and FP are dating and also their children are dating, which is another like Oh, so CW Amy trope. is Betty's mom. Alice, yes. Alice is Alice, Betty's yeah. mom. Okay. Yes. Yes. Alice and FP Jones 
Thrones, of which their ship name is Phallus. Oh, good. So, and they also have a child who was not in this episode, but he's was in a lot of season four, who is named Charles, played by uh, Wyatt Nash, a.k.a. Matt, Matt Elrod. <laughs> Question. So, yeah. Is Jughead <laughs> and Betty, is their name like Bughead or Jetty? It's, it's Bughead, Bughead, that is okay. right. Yep. Ding. And to be clear, I didn't actually want to make any qualifying statements on their actual financial status. I just thought he's Brett seemed like a real jerk. He is. Yeah, he is a real jerk. I could see him doing that if he wasn't so obsessed with Betty. Ponytail playtime. Okay. One thing else I loved is Archie's mom brandishing the gun and, you know, stating her rights under law. Like, (laughs) I have the right to self-defense and to use deadly force. So if you don't exit in five minutes... (laughs) like five seconds I was like oh okay yeah so she's she's a lawyer which I think was part of that (laughs) Mrs. Andrews I'm obsessed that was so that's the other thing I was gonna say is like everyone seems so chill and laid back with like weapons in their face like even when one of the Sprouse twins was getting Jughead was being accosted by a axe wielding bunny masked person he's just like hey like what are you doing like he's just so chill he's like what do you want (laughs) who are you (laughs) yeah because they're gonna answer that with a bunny mask yeah because then it's like when betty hits brett in the back of the head because he you know is wielding an axe and is in a mask donna's like what are you doing we were just having some fun yeah it's ridiculous so i actually ventured to a place i had never been before for this episode of the podcast because i want to do something fun so i went to the official riverdale facebook page and i got some facebook fan comments here from this episode i scrolled back to like the post for this episode and i took some of the comments down and so we can do a nice little fun casuals corner with both of you because Kirsten I'm sure has never looked at that Facebook page either sorry which Facebook page is this? <laughs> the Riverdale Facebook oh, page? Oh of course I've never looked at that why would I why why would I look at that let's play casual corner. Yeah so I just have two questions here they each have four multiple choice answers one I made up the other three oh, are I'm comments. So They're not necessarily like crazy funny or anything but I thought some of them were pretty great. Okay so Kirsten you can go first here. Yeah this episode so back in like november of 2019 a i'm here watching this episode before school oh i assume that's how you pronounce it it's like oh you 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 that's like ooh, ooh. okay yeah that okay b personally i like archie not that beanie wearing fool c i would break all of riverdale's just so fp jones can use his handcuffs on me haha or d Every day is trouble in Riverdale. Oh my god. Okay, and so you obvi- you wrote one of these. I'm determining which one you wrote, correct? Yes. Sorry, I was not paying attention when you explained the rules. Yeah, this is how Casual's Corner works. Um, well, okay, there's different ways that they play Casual's Corner on the B&B, you know? So I this just, is how this version works. I just wanted to confirm. <laughs> I'm trying to... I, I feel like you love FP so much that maybe you would write the third one about breaking all of Riverdale for the handcuffs. Can I guess or no? Yeah, you can both I'm guess. I'm locked in sure. on B. Okay, that's personally i like archie not that beanie wearing fool okay person do you have a different choice are you good with that no i'm she's c. i'm sticking i'm sticking with c with okay yeah uh ali is right Bam. it is the about archie which wow uh, I, I was i chose this game just
just because I saw that comment about FP. I thought that was great. <laughs> okay, so okay. I I knew that that <laughs> comment would attract you in some way. So I'm I'm glad that I at least like dialed in on that. I like the idea that you only created this game because of this comment when you were back looking at Facebook comments from November of 2019. <laughs> well, I had never been to this Facebook page either. I just went there today to see what what the scoop was. It just uh, genuinely didn't even occur to me that Riverdale would be a would have a Facebook fan page. Yeah, it it's it's not my favorite. Most of the comments on all of the posts are just like uh about like oh thanks that there's an episode. I like so I watched anyway. this okay. after school. That's a hilarious thing to put. Yeah, I, I'm watching this in school. All right, here's the next uh, the next set of questions. All right, A, I'm Canadian, but I would like to say I am thankful for many things, including Riverdale and those pics of Phallus and Bughead. Hee hee, heart emoji. Happy Thanksgiving to the cast and crew. Smiley face emoji. Because this was filmed live. That's A. <laughs> B, Every episode has me got excited. That's me. C. When will come out the next episode? Isn't late? Question mark. Or D. Thankful means Riverdale every river week. Oh my god. I I can't live with the idea that someone is saying river week. So I'm going to go with D. I also would like to lock in with D. Yeah, that, that unfortunately <laughs> is true. Though there were some comments about every river day. But I didn't use those. We, we so. only condone uh, including words in Riverdale when we're talking about the river daddies <laughs> right uh yeah and those are the only comments that I went and looked for because Facebook that Facebook page was running real slow trying to look up posts from 2019 anyway that was great you know I'm intrigued yeah. maybe I'll have to start checking out the Riverdale Facebook page. every river week yeah Every every river week, I will check the page. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to it right now. I'm gonna subscribe to this page. Oh, great, perfect. So this is a fun 2. new 5 game. Two point five million. <laughs> There's two point five million people have liked this page. Look, Riverdale is popping. Okay. <laughs> every river week, how many people? There's only five hundred thousand more people have liked the Survivor Facebook page than the Riverdale <laughs> Facebook page. Oh, that's just sad. Oh, now well. I'm gonna check the Big Brother one. The Big Brother Facebook page is always funny. I shudder to think about a Big Brother Facebook page. Shudder. It's no the the people the opinions there are so wild. It's not even. Is there an official MTV's The Challenge Facebook page? I'm gonna look right now. Uh, yes. There is your over under. Is it more or less than 2.5 million? I'll say uh, more. I'm so sorry to disappoint. It's it's uh, 635,000. Well, because I think I'm oh, thinking because MTV's Facebook page covers a lot of shit. That's where I've looked before for casual stuff. So maybe, what is MTV's page? Let have? me look. Because I was thinking, because like there was the real world, which was streamed like on Facebook. So then I would like get a lot of hits for like challenge or are you the one clips on on their MTV page. So I think that's where I'm... Oh, yeah. The MTV page has almost 47 million. All right. So my, my heart and head were in the right place. But I guess if you compared it to yeah. like the CW page, it would also be <laughs> more than just... Oh, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll look up the CW as well. Well, I mean, CW actually only has 1.7 million. Yikes. MTV's... Weird. That's interesting. That is... Interesting. Yeah, I'm surprised that the CW page has so few since the CW has so many hit shows for teens. I do just wonder if it's like... I know... I mean, the CW might be doing this too, but I know MTV would be doing a lot of like extra content or their like deleted scenes or like stuff with interviews with Are You The One and then they had the real world streaming. So maybe that helps. Well, and MTV's shows and their like contestants have a lot more overlap. So if you follow one, it's more likely you follow multiple of 
of them. Whereas like I've seen several CW shows in my life, but I never watched more than one like at a time. I watched like Smallville for several years and then took a big break and then Riverdale. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, a lot of the the youngins out there are, are following. Did you just say youngins? <laughs> you know what? It rhymes with onion. <laughs> okay, I need like a vat of French onion Ooh. soup, and I've just been eating that all week. So <clears throat> quarantine. No one's here to smell my breath. It's fine. I'm. I. You're allowed to eat as many onion <laughs> products as you want. I just have never heard of onion before. <laughs> onion products. Like, that sounds like a Riverdale character. What's um? Well, what's the thing they say in Star Wars? Isn't it like that? Youngling. My never mind. Mary, you know that I don't want to know anything about Star Wars, and I try to actively avoid that knowledge. Uh, can we do a I spoil you on Star Wars episode? You abs. No. Uh, it's hard because I feel like that be a fun podcast but also i don't want to know but also like the doughboys have kind of been like slowly spoiling me over the years so sh- sure we can do a mary spoils kirsten on star wars episode but i'm not watching the movies okay i'll give you a, a youtube video to watch how long is the youtube video i don't know let's say it's like 10 minutes or less okay i was gonna <laughs> say i'm not willing to put more than 10 minutes into <laughs> i have not found a youtube video i want you to watch this is just a hypothetical i mean i just assumed you were ready to go with a youtube video about star just, wars look so let just, us like, know let us know on Twitter if you want me to spoil Kirsten on I Star just, Wars. Like the situation is, is like I really love and respect about myself the fact that I can look at a hardcore Star Wars fan and say, oh, I've only seen episode one because they get so mad and it makes me happy. Wait, you have seen episode one? Yeah, we saw it in theaters. I don't remember okay. it. Well, that counts. I, I just remember that guy. What, what's the guy with the red and black makeup on his face? Darth Maul? Yeah, him. He's the only thing I remember. And also at one point someone has lipstick but you can't see their whole lips there's just a red line down the middle that's all I remember it's about Star fashionable. Wars episode one that's that's it yep oh and Jar Jar Binks was there and once I read a reddit thread that said he was like the big bad of the whole thing and I 100% condone and agree with that opinion great okay that's it that's the knowledge <laughs> I think your list of number of things you know about Star Wars is probably about the same as list of this is my last question from Allie on this podcast <laughs> hey do not give Allie crap for having questions that's the whole point of this no it's great look I didn't have to direct anything yeah Allie directed this podcast so well I read absolutely zero of the notes I took like six months ago such a professional and this is why we bring in better podcasters than us to spoil on Riverdale which I have a real problem with that and I my one rule is I don't I do not like to talk until I've been introduced in the podcast like I try not to jump in during the intro that was really hard Mary when you said that for me to not jump in and step on you saying that because that is so not true. I have learned so much today, including that I do not ever want to watch Riverdale again, but not because of you guys, because I'm a baby and I'm scared. But this was per all of my questions were so well answered. And I will have to continue to check in on the rest of this series. I don't know if we've named it yet, but when your listeners name it, because I think that's the perfect amount of Riverdale for me is to listen to you explain other episodes to other dummies like well, me. Well, there is a non-zero chance that I'm going to go record a different me introducing you to the podcast and then just stick whatever mess I said at the end, which is what I typically do. So that that might happen because I don't even know what I said. Or I might just re-record me doing the impression better. I think better. it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Use your same I reaction. think it was perfect as is. It's okay. perfect. Great. You're a model. You're like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> like, don't change a thing. 
I think that's funny because I don't think Mary watches Drag Race. So she, oh. I don't think she gets that. <laughs> no, I'm just, I just agree with whatever you say. Aww. Yes, and baby. That's why we work yep. so well together. <laughs> yeah. Look, I've had a motto my whole life that is just, you always pretend to know what people are talking about and Google it later. I respect that. So, yeah. Keeps you from getting picked on. Does put you in a sticky situation every once in a while when they want you to elaborate, but it's fine. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> okay. All right. Anything else for this episode? I just want to say thank you to the great Allie Lasher for joining this podcast series, for taking the time to talk to us, and for being such a champ when she likes to be more prepared normally. It was it was a nice, it was like, you know, I, I feel like I was I was like swinging. I was trying something new. I was at a new people, new podcast away from uh, my co-host at the Challenger Half Up. And uh, it was great. I, I've Maybe I'll loosen up. I'll take one less page of notes for my tomorrow podcast with Brian. Well, this has been amazing for me because every time I speak to someone on a podcast that's like, I mean, I've talked with you, Allie, before, but never voice to voice. And uh, so this is really, hi, nice to meet you. I'm <laughs> 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 But it's always really weird to me because I, I hear you on podcasts and now it's like I've got that voice talking at me. It was really bizarre with Josh Wiggler, too. So. Everything with Josh Wiggler uh, is bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> Burn. That's good. And that's that good. what makes it so incredible. Uh, yeah. Well, this has been super fun. So glad you could join us as always. For everyone listening, we are going to be releasing a couple of these kind of bonus type podcasts over the next couple weeks and then going back into our rewatch coverage for season two now that season one is all wrapped up as we talked about oh and we're gonna have so much time since i'm gonna be unemployed soon we're gonna be able to just bang them out and then you'll have like years to edit them exactly the the most recent news i've seen is that riverdale season five is coming back in january yep so we have quite a lot of time to get these out and to do some other fun things i know somewhere we said we were gonna watch a movie in between the seasons we'll see if that happens or not don't hold us to any kind of promises that we've made when i get to bc if i'm having trouble finding a job let's we'll watch the movie okay fair enough fair enough (laughs) okay great all right everyone that's all for this week's episode thank you for joining us and we'll be back next week for another bonus episode until then you can follow me online at frail mary on every platform and you can check out everything kowski cast at kowski cast on twitter that's cow with a k or kowskicast.com you can follow kirsten everywhere at kirsten said what and ali where can everyone follow you you can follow me at Lash Tweets, and you can check out the Challenger Hap Up at robhiswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. Definitely do that. All right. Until next time. Bye. Who is Mr. Chippy? Who is Mr. Chips? Who's DePod? Who's Grandpa? hold on i'm trying to think how to how to do it hold on it's fine um yeah wait i'm trying to think of how he does it welcome to the podcast (laughs) i can't do it anymore basically he's like and the reality tv wrap up i'm brian cohen today al lasher how are you (laughs) 